Hello and welcome to Core Values, the All Things Broken Arrow Schools podcast, part of the AeroVision Podcast Network. I'm your host, Greg Spencer, alongside Superintendent of Schools, Mr. Chuck Perry. How are you doing today, Chuck? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Glad to have you here as well. It's been a while since we've been able to get together and do this, and we've got two very special guests from the Vanguard Innovation Academy of Broken Arrow Public Schools. We've got Mr. Andrew Darrow and Reese Hunley. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Thanks for having us. Very, very well. Thank you. So Vanguard, for those listening and watching that don't know, is in its second year as a school here at Broken Arrow Public Schools. Talk a little bit about, and we'll let Andrew go first here, talk a little about what is Vanguard Academy and what makes it different. So Vanguard Academy is an offshoot of Broken Arrow High School. So we have an opportunity for students who are in eighth grade to apply to our academy, uh, and they attend there for ninth through twelfth grade. Um, And what makes it different is we have two unique programs that our students can apply for um, and be accepted to. Uh, The first is the Expo program, which accepts 50 students every year, and it is a project-based learning program. So the idea is that the students learn their core educational standards through projects and applications and being able to do activities along with hands-on approach to that learning. Um, The other program, which is the program that I'm a part of, is the Broken Arrow Design Lab program, um, sometimes Bad Lab for short. And our program is about human-centered, human-focused. So we're all about real-world applications of uh, the core standards that we would teach to Broken Arrow High School students. So our main focus is our students should never have to ask the question, when am I going to use this in life? Because we should be addressing that pretty much every day. Yeah, for sure. It's good stuff. Um, Talk, you talked about uh, students applying for that in the eighth grade. Talk about the process and the things that you're looking for that you feel, uh, you know, what type of student will be, would be successful in that program because it's unique. Sure. So um, the application process usually opens up in January, and our students fill out an online application, uh, Google Form, our principal, Ms. Replogle, will be going around to the middle schools and kind of giving an introduction of what our programs are like and about what kind of student we'd be looking for. A successful Vanguard student is self-motivated, self-driven. Um, they're somebody who's interested in a different approach to learning, um, somebody who doesn't necessarily do well just sitting in a classroom, listening to a lecture, reading out of a book, those type of things, but needs some unique way of um, approaching the content. Uh, We also look for students who are very passionate about learning and about being in charge and control of their own learning. Our programs are very student-led and student-driven, so we want to make sure that our students will be engaged in uh, their own education process. So we uh, have a rubric we evaluate the students on. We do interviews. Um, We usually have them participate in some kind of engineering design activity uh, because both of our two programs do have an engineering component that goes along with them as well. Reese, I know for a fact that you teach a couple of unique classes. I've had the privilege of doing a video over your Outward Bound class. Talk a little bit about your specific classes that you're teaching. And then from a teacher's perspective, what makes Vanguard different? Yeah, so we teach a few classes that are a little bit different um, than what you would find in a typical school. Uh, I co-teach a class uh, with Mr. Summers, and it's an outdoor education class. And so it is actually a environmental science class um, where they get credit for that class, and we teach uh, environmental science. But it's through experiences, um, and so we go outside a lot, uh, and we may go on, out on our 80-acre property around Vanguard and 
go out and identify plants and collect data and, and do nature journaling and uh, involve a lot of creativity and skills. Um, even uh, practicing reflection when we go out, uh, we go on the BMX bikes, we shoot archery, we go to the climbing gym yeah. five times. Every kid gets to go to the climbing gym. We just started that. And that class is, is open as an elective to Broken Arrow High School students as well, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So um, all of our freshmen go through the outdoor uh, education class mm-hmm. um, as uh, full-time Vanguard students, but we also do offer an elective class for high school students to come and participate um, and so we'll go to the climbing gym. We'll actually certify them to belay. So we introduce them to the climbing. And if they want to come out and, and do that with their families and, and get involved in that community, um, it's kind of an entry point for that. Um, and then we take them fishing. Uh, we tie flies, uh, do fly fishing. Um, and I think that uh, we're exploring more and more the camping opportunities. Yeah. Uh, I just started uh, developing kind of like a, a program where we can even check out like equipment to the students and they can go out and, and practice those skills with their families. We even are right now are building fires with the kids. We had some kids build their first fire today out outdoors. Do we have anybody on hand to make sure? Yeah. It's Abs- <laughs> absolutely. So we teach them how to uh, practice leave no trace principles um, and even risk management. So then teaching them about how do we manage risk and uh, when is when are the times appropriate for failure yeah. and giving them the room to do that and then what are some times uh, and they'll help us even assess a situation and decide okay this is a potential high consequence high probability of failure we never want to operate in that zone so like what are some things that we can do to mitigate that risk and and make sure that we're operating in, a, in an environment where we can be successful and, and mitigate that any sort of danger or safety. So they're developing some real world skills. And yeah, and those are not only real world skills, but they're, they're life lessons that are applicable in a lot of other areas that they can take with them. Absolutely. And so that's one thing that I think is really cool about um, Vanguard. So maybe when we go into something, maybe a student is like, oh, I'm not good at math. I don't like math. And we're like, okay, well, let's approach it from this angle. And then so through that project based learning or human-centered design, um, inevitably, they're going to um, learn and apply that knowledge and and apply uh, those standards going through that process, but it's natural. And they're they're learning those things that we want them to walk away with um, once they graduate, but it's it's natural and um, it's real. I I think when you think about schools and how – the joke I've heard before is if Rip Van Winkle woke up in America, the only thing that looked the same is uh, <laughs> public schools, public schools yeah. uh, because it's so silo based hour by hour um, subject matter that a lot of students have a hard time seeing how it all ties together and how it all applies um, maybe to real life. And I think that's what's so cool about the experience they're getting at Vanguard is there's such a crossover, um, even though you're teaching science, it sounds like there's so many things integrated in it that, you know, across curricular um, projects and, and uh, things that you're doing every day that it's just unique. And that's probably how school should be done because that's how life and jobs really are. I agree. Yeah. And I talk with our other staff. Um, that's one really cool thing about Vanguard is it feels really close 
and that can be good and bad sometimes for the kids, but everybody knows everyone. Um, Which is natural with a school of, of the size it is anyway. That's right. And I think those relationships are really strong between instructors and between students. And of course we have our good days and bad days and we, we learn to deal with that. Um, but there's, there's really no hiding. Um, and we also know what other people are working on. So over here, they may be in uh, practicing English or whatever, but they saw them out there the other day and, and they were like, oh, yeah, I can tie this in here or I can tie it in there. Um, and so they're seeing that there are connections with everything. Everything's related. And um, that's that's how reality is. Um, and, and we need people that can make those connections. So if a student um, has been the type that has a f- all A's 4.0 turns every assignment in. Um, are, are they necessarily going to be successful at Vanguard? I mean, if they're very regimented in what they've done. So one thing that we've talked about before is students that know how to play the game of school, right? So the game of school is I come into my classroom, I sit down at my desk and my teacher gives me a piece of paper. I write all the correct answers on it. I give it back to my teacher that gets me an A in my class. And one thing we kind of emphasize with our students, because we use a holistic approach to both our grading system and to our evaluation system of our students and to making sure that um, they're growing as a whole person. So in that kind of playing the game of school, that's kind of like a C for us. That's what we call proficient on our scale of um, from developing to mastery. Um, And so we really expect our students to go above and beyond that. So it's actually kind of interesting because students who do have that track record, that 4.0, that perfect A's, and especially the ones that have been in advanced programs because we don't offer any kind of advanced placement programs um, on our campus. Everything is on level classes. Um, They kind of get taken aback when they get their first grades back and they're like, well, you know, I did what you asked me to do on the assignment, but I still kind of got some of these things were lower because I still have room to grow. And that's really what we're looking for the most is if they're growing as a whole person and if they have room to improve in those other areas. Um, And so that being said, we use an an alternative transcript. We have our traditional Broken Arrow Public Schools transcript, but we also have our what's called a mastery transcript, which lets us um, grade and evaluate and emphasize on those students, not just they understood the math content, but they also collaborated with their peers. They were able to communicate clearly with adults along the process. They were able to problem solve and think critically outside of the box to come up with unique solutions um, to those problems. And so a lot of the time when we hear about like um, careers and what they're interested in from students is that they're looking for those soft skills, right? Can they make a phone call? Can they do a professional email? And so we incorporate that into everything that we do, even in our core classes, so that the students are growing in that fashion. They're growing outward and not just in that knowledge category. So I love it because, you know, being older now in life, I see so many uh, former students, People I know that they might not have been stellar academically uh, grade-wise through school, but they've gone out and done some incredible things in life, been very successful in their careers. And I think what you're saying is it it just, it's got to transfer um, to really, you know, show that what success looks like and just, turning in assignments and no zeros doesn't mean you're going to be successful in life later on. So I appreciate that. I would like to hear a few more things about what you have at Vanguard. You all may not be experts in all the realms, but you know, you have a drones and 
um, our ag barns. And can you talk a little bit about? So in addition to our two core programs that we offer that students have to apply for that are full-time programs, we do offer several elective options where students can come over for a single elective hour um, from the high school and be able to engage in some different cool stuff going on on our campus. So we do have a drones program um, that is an elective for VA high school students. So they do everything um, from basic, just you know, going outside and flying the drone around the building, to video recording with it, to collecting um, data from around our campus with them, to doing programming and autonomous drone flight as well. Um, we have a relationship with um, a NASA associate that would like for us to be able to prove that you can uh, fly drones around a city so that they don't collide with each other. Because as we know, a lot of delivery companies are moving towards drones for uh, potential delivery packages. And so that's something that you know the um, Air Federal Area Association is very invested in. Um, we do also have a wide variety of agriculture programs because the ag classes were moved out there. So we have the full ag shop and the ag barns that are there as well. So those are classes for both uh, freshman academy students and for high school students, everything from introduction to agriculture to vet sciences to manufacturing to working with the metalworking and woodworking in the shop and all of that stuff as well. So we have two highly qualified ag teachers that are doing those programs as well as, you know, your normal taking care of uh, goats and pigs that we have on campus, chickens we have on campus too, out in the barns. And the horticulture, the greenhouse, and um, also talk about the skills you'll learn with all the equipment that every freshman when they go through as far as learning how to weld every, every freshman. Yeah, so for those students that come on our campus full-time, those the 75 freshmen, those 50 in the Expo program, 25 for the Broken Arrow Design Lab, and uh, we have a class that we call Introduction to Vanguard, um, and it's split between the two uh, programs. So for Introduction to Vanguard, the idea is that our students are learning how to safely use every piece of equipment that we could possibly have on campus for any kind of manufacturing. And we really emphasize that with the freshmen so that as they grow on our campus, they have the opportunity to continue to utilize those pieces of equipment for um, their projects and their core classes as well. So a really good example of this is um, last year, we were having students create a mandala for geometry. It's a circular um, object with some several inscribed pieces. One of our students who was very good at welding went and got the oxyacetylene torch and cut his mandala out of a piece of metal and then welded all of the things that represented him and his background and his culture onto that piece. Um, so it's something that's really cool that we have access to these extra tools. So the 3D printers, laser engravers, sewing machines, um, we've got all kinds of tools for working with cardboard and working with styrofoam. And we're constantly looking for donations of both tools and materials because our kids are always making something new. Um, so I know like one of the big culminating projects for our expo program last year, they built their own model cities. So that wouldn't be possible without our introduction to Vanguard course for them to be able to know how to use the jigsaw to cut out the wood, for them to know how to use the soldering irons to wire up all the electricity, for them to be able to do all of the 3D modeling and 3D printing that they did with our 3D printers. So that's a it's a really cool class. It's a lot of work um, to try and make sure that you know how to use everything safely so that they can use everything safely. But what's really neat about the way that our growth system works is for me as the instructor for that class is an introduction on how to use the sewing machine. So I know how to thread the needle. I know how to stitch a stitch. I know how to make like a little zipper pouch. And then the kids that really love sewing machines, they really love that idea and that practice. And once they start doing it, they really want to invest in it more. 
they can continue to follow and pursue that. They can individually learn more about it and then apply that in their classes on a daily basis. And so I have kids that, you know, after the first week of sewing, they were like, how much is a sewing machine again? <laughs> I'm going to go look and see if I can get one for myself. And we'll also check those out too to students. I know uh, last year around uh, the, the time of prom, I, re- I remember checking out quite a few sewing machines because students were making their own dresses or modifying it and uh and on the flip side of 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 the spectrum of high-tech stuff in the makerspace i also teach a primitive skills class outdoors and um basically the makerspace becomes the woods (laughs) and we go out and um we work with all sorts of stuff we work with all sorts of um like evaluate the plants and look at the properties and we build friction fire with sticks and rub sticks together and, and are successful at it. And so learning those, you know, indigenous skills that kind of unify all of us. Um, A lot of or, us forgot about or don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I'm say I didn't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I but, should probably take that class myself. <laughs> it's so much fun. And what's really cool too, um, going back to that comment about, uh, you know, students that have, have done really well in school in the past. Um, like I've seen students that really have never done well in school, um, that are typically going to be involved with something whenever things go wrong. And, and the, I've seen them just flourish, uh, when we take them outdoors and, and they're, they're finding a love for learning, um, making their own tools. Like we make our own tools, we go out and, um, I, really introduce as many different skills and in, in projects as I can, but they can continuously work toward mastery on those projects and they can submit pictures as evidence on their own time. And so really um, once they've been introduced to those skills um, and making outdoors and working, you know, as a group and learning about different cultures and how people have done things around the world and um, it, it brings them together, but they also have that opportunity if they really are passionate about it, that they can, they can pursue it as, as far as they want, um, and develop those skills. We're fixing to get into Flint napping and working with, uh, you know, stone tools and making bows and arrows with, you know, the sticks and stuff that we find out in the woods and, and we, we run it like a NASP archery. So it's, it's very safe. Um, but they get to take the tools and, and it's almost like they, they win twice whenever they, they take the materials that they've created and uh, they're successful with them on going out and throwing atolatos or shooting archery or building fire with the own tools that they created. Yep. I think that hits on another pretty common misconception about what Vanguard is, is yeah. that they're a smart kid school. And that's not necessarily true. Like we have every kind of student from the student that was getting straight C's and D's or F's even, and all the way up to the ones that were 4.0 and in all of their advanced classes. And what's interesting is bringing them all together in such a small, unique environment and then seeing how they all flourish in different areas in different ways. Um, and some of them, I mean, I, I think back to when I was teaching middle school, I had a student in my math class who never turned in a piece of paper, right? He knew how to do the math and he could show me how to do the math, but he wasn't going to turn in an assignment. And so he ended up with, you know, a C or a D because it's that playing that game of school. But this is also the same kid that came to me and was like, Mr. Darrow, do you have like a a hose for a vacuum cleaner because I found one on the side of the road and I put everything else together, but I'm still just missing this one component. And so I'm just thinking like if that kid had had the option to come to Vanguard, right? Like that's the type of passion that we're looking for is like somebody who's willing to go up and above and beyond 
So like when we talk about our parent meetings, everybody wants to know about homework and tests and, you know, all that typical school stuff. And it's like, well, no, we don't really do homework and no, we don't really do tests because we're evaluating our students in different ways. And really our curriculum and our content is so engaging and exciting that a lot of our students want to do it outside of our class time and they want to be invested in working on their projects and the things that they're you know completing um, especially when it comes to more of our engineering design stuff that we do on our campus as well. I, I really appreciate what you're saying about the students, and I think schools are guilty of this because um, those of us that enter the education profession, we usually had a pretty positive experience in school, and that kind of makes us want to be a teacher or get in, you know, tied into uh, education in some way. But what made us successful in school was playing the game of school. And um, I think we've got to look outside that again, tapping into uh, what we consider as smart or intelligent um, may not be what the world needs and the workforce. And we've got to be creative and think of new ideas on how to reach all types of students and educate all types of students. Tell me a little bit about, you have taught um, in a regular school setting. Why did both of you choose a setting like Vanguard to teach in? Because it's probably stretched you in a lot of ways and caused you to get into some areas that you're not comfortable in, but um, it must be fulfilling somewhere along the way. It's interesting. We have two different, very different origins uh, in how we got involved at Vanguard. So I uh, don't have any real engineering background education or anything along those lines. Um, I started out as a middle school uh, math teacher. I taught seventh and eighth grade uh, pre-algebra and algebra one. And then uh, we had a gateway to technology program at Childers Middle School and our uh, coach or teacher that was responsible for that retired. And so I kind of moved over into his position and that's kind of the extent of my engineering training is the uh, professional development that I did leading into that class. Uh, so I taught sixth, seventh and eighth graders aerospace and some uh, mechanical design and doing some app design and computer software and stuff like that. So transitioning over to Vanguard for me was a big leap. Uh, it was very interesting. Um, I learned a lot about human centered design on my own, uh, spending a lot of my own time researching and diving into uh, TED Talks, um, IDEO is a big uh, organization that uh, the founder of design thinking and kind of leads the direction of design thinking. Um, and then just getting in there and doing it with the students and um, being a student yourself, right? That's something that, that we always talk about, like not being embarrassed to say, well, I don't know the answer to that, but let's find out together. Um, and so that's kind of one of my mottos this year with my students is um, I may not know, but I know how to find out. And so that's really how that how we push forward um, in our program. And, you know, the, the first couple of months, students were really hesitant, brand new thing, completely out of the box, totally different. Um, but now that they see it and they feel it and they're excited about it, they're bought into it. They have that energy that makes it so much easier for the new students on our campus. Our freshmen this year, we have not had any difficulty getting them to buy in 100% because they see it from the sophomores and the juniors and they know what it's going to be like. So on the teaching perspective, like I have to do a lot more planning, a lot more prep. I mean, I'm doing 
curriculum, brand new curriculum. We have that very small school feel. Um, I am the, the math teacher for our program, right? So I teach algebra one, geometry, algebra two, and statistics from freshmen all the way up to juniors. Uh, so there's a lot that goes into that. But, um, you know, it, it is very fulfilling because they are excited about coming to school every day. Um, students that they've told me when I was at Freshman Academy, I was a huge absence issue. You know, I came to school once a week at most or something like that. Students that we know would have been dropout risks, very high dropout risks uh, that we know now are going to graduate because we're making sure that they're in in this every single day. So you're well, you're, yeah, I wanted to interject there. I think that's a great outlook to have because I think, you know, not even just for teachers of Vanguard, but teachers everywhere. Cause we talk about, you know, breaking the traditional model and, you know, you know, I always try and, you know, talk to my staff and my teachers and everybody in terms of, you know, in the kids as well as we're all lifelong learners, right? We're all pushing ourselves to continue to grow. So if kids see right through it, when a teacher doesn't know something. So, so why hide it? You know, I think if you let them know that, Hey, I'm, I'm growing right along with you. This is all part of a learning experience. I think everybody needs to have that outlook. We talked, you know, Chuck talked about at the beginning about how education needs to continue to evolve. And I think that if everybody takes that same outlook, I mean, we'd all be better teachers. Right now, get $200 from TTCU Federal Credit Union when you open a new checking account with direct deposit. What would you buy with $200? Cars, race cars, my own apartment, 100 coloring books, and a puppy. Or maybe some groceries and a tank of gas. $200 for whatever works for you from TTCU. Because life is better in balance. Recently, you've had to put your life on hold, and we're with you in this. At Ascension St. John, we're now open for appointments, and we are fully prepared for your safety and our care. As we open our doors again, our doctors, nurses, and care teams will continue to wear personal protective equipment. We've taken even more steps to clean and stringently disinfect all areas. We will maintain distancing in our waiting rooms, and we'll continue to limit visitors and we will still screen all staff to protect their health and yours. Our emergency rooms are here 24-7. Please do not delay care. We're still delivering babies and performing surgeries, and we're open for your appointments, from specialists in surgical care to routine care and health screenings. Ask us about virtual visits. Ascension St. John continues to care for you, as we have been for almost a century. Thank you for trusting us. For families who like to build their wealth while staying liquid, we have flexible rate CDs to keep your funds working hard, even when you're not. First National Bank of Broken Arrow. The right balance. My background is actually um, quite a bit different. Um, I grew up in a, and I was surrounded by teachers. My parents were biology high school teachers. My grandparents were teachers and professors. My wife is a teacher. Um, I actually grew up, and I remember my my parent, my dad uh, retired, um, very frustrated uh, working in the public education system. And um, I had told myself I'd never be a teacher. My my neighbor was an engineer, um, and right out of high school, I started working with him. 
I went to Oklahoma State, uh, went through the engineering school, ended up getting a, a bachelor's degree in biosystems engineering and worked in the oil field as a SEMA engineer. Um, and as we started a family, I was always on the drilling rigs and it was really intense. Um, and so I was like, oh, maybe I'll uh, try something else. And so my wife grew up and graduated from Broken Arrow. Um, she's also a teacher of the year. Teacher of the year at Aspen Creek yep. Elementary or Amanda, ECC, right? Yep. yep. At, uh, Amanda Hunley, really proud of her. Um, and so she went to Camp Lockridge as a kid um, at a camp, and uh, they had an opening. They're starting an outdoor classroom program. And in college, I did a lot of, like, guiding and doing outdoor adventure stuff and working on ropes courses, and I just loved it. It was my therapy going through engineering school. And I kind of had that need to get back into that. And so I had that opportunity to help start that program and build it from the ground up. And it's it's now operating um, still over at uh, Woodward Park with Brian Bovard. And that's how I got plugged in with the, the Tulsa community and working with uh, all sorts of districts in this area, um, developing outdoor classroom programs with teachers, primarily fifth grade. Um, and I got bit by that bug of teaching um, and fell in love with it and developing interactive experiences that were tied directly with what's going on in the classroom, but making it real. And that's when I fell in love with education. And um, I got an opportunity to actually start my own business as a consultant and worked in aquaponics uh, and traveled all over, worked with people all over the world. Um, working with a lot of Native American tribes and and uh, became like an educational specialist, developing curriculum and uh, working with uh, universities. Um, I went through engineering school at OSU and did the senior design program. Um, and while I was a consultant, I also worked with TU engineering students in the me mechanical engineering department and got to know that department and working with them. We actually, I did, I was a, uh, a client for their seniors doing senior design projects. And we did three different projects with them. And I learned a lot about their engineering program. And of course I experienced it firsthand at OSU. Um, and that really helped me kind of um, see that there's, there's so much power in this human-centered design process. I actually didn't know about human-centered design until I started working out in the industry um, as an engineer and, and uh, developing all sorts of programs and doing innovation and product development and sales and uh, really applying all of those things that, are, that we're teaching in our, our Bad Lab program. Um, and it was, it was very natural. Um, but I found out about Vanguard and this kind of this new kind of education. And what Emily Lim, actually, I was just catching up with her um, a couple of springs back. And she was telling me about opening up this school and they needed a, a spot for their makerspace. And they were looking for somebody that was kind of unique. And I was like, wow, this is this is like what I would envision education should always be. And so it's like, I want to get in on this. I love innovation and I love education and I was looking for something kind of new. And so that's where I ended up. And it's it's been a grand adventure um, and a great experience, experience and experiment. Um, and uh, I love it. I don't, I don't want to ever leave. Um, it's, it's an incredible, um, place to work and our staff are incredible. Um, I'm surrounded by people that inspire me. And like Andrew was saying, like, we don't know the answer. We can find somebody that does. Um, but we really are practicing what we preach and applying those principles and, and mechanics of, of that human-centered design process, and inevitably they're going to develop something that is of value and it's a product. 
that they, they can build a business around or they can innovate something completely new or take on a challenge that has never been solved. And so it's a lot of fun to dive into stuff when I don't know the answer, you know, um, but we're, we're learning right along with them. We're, we're getting, we're, we're bleeding around them <laughs> right along with them too. We, we fail and we get hurt, you know, not much, but you know, like you yeah. get a cut or a scrape yeah. every once in a while and pick each other up and learn from it. And, uh, it, it's a lot of fun. I don't see myself being anywhere else. I'm just blown away by the passion both of you show for teaching and for our students. And when you drive by the school, a lot of people haven't seen it yet. It's uh, if you go east of uh, 193rd County line, uh, the Casey's is there on the corner, catty corner from the, uh, um, the our, our football stadium. If you keep heading east on 61st, about a quarter mile down on your left, you'll see the building and it's, it's aesthetically just almost shocking. It's so such a unique building. Uh, the architecture will really catch your eye, but I think our listeners today will see it's not just what's on the outside, it's what's on the inside that you all are doing. And you've just inspired me today listening to you. And one of the things we want to touch on before we wrap things up is, is, is community involvement. Uh, what are some ways that our community can get involved? I know in, in your class, especially you guys are always looking for help. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So the, uh, on top of the other classes that I've already mentioned that I teach, I also teach and co-teach with Reese, a uh, human centered design class called design rotation. So design rotation is about taking real people's problems and finding real solutions to those problems. So for example, our unit right now is called pay it forward. Our students are working directly with Broken Arrow Public Schools employees to find solutions that apply to them that are problems that they want solutions to. So things that they're investigating is how might we get students more engaged in the classroom? How might we help students with mental health issues feel more comfortable? We have a student whose uh, sibling is hard of hearing, so he's looking into how might we figure out ways to make our hard of hearing students feel more comfortable and welcome on our campuses and things along those lines. So one of the ways that we do that, uh, we have a form that you can submit on our website, which is kind of tricky to get to, but you can always, you know, contact me through the BA schools website and I'd be happy to share it with you. Um, but that form is uh, for any community members, anyone involved at all, for them to submit that with problems for us to help them solve um, and help to identify those different issues because our students not only are solving problems in our classes every day and trying to find unique and creative solutions to those problems, but they'll also be doing uh, senior design capstones. So our students uh, hypothetically have all of their graduation credits basically by, done by the time they're a junior, um, just by the way that our curriculum paces and the way that we have everything laid out. And their senior year is actually dedicated to um, one senior design capstone project. Um, and we really emphasize that those projects are something that's, that's passion for them, something that they really care deeply about. And that can be something that is, you know, local level, state level, or even, you know, global level. And um, really where those projects come from is our local community members. Um, so some examples of some things that we've already been doing with our community. We've been at the uh, Broken Arrow Community Playhouse, um, helping them reorganize and their storage and their prop rooms and helping them to figure out methods of um, more consistently keeping track of the materials that they have coming in and out of their campus. Um, we are working with a, a nonprofit organization out of Jinx that's called Rising Village that takes uh, migrant women primarily from Afghanistan and um, teaches them how to sew as a marketable skill so that they can then uh, go out and make profit and support their families. 
um, we're working directly with the uh, Tulsa Day Center, which is a homelessness center, um, trying to help them to figure out a way that they could have uh, contraband storage that doesn't break any kind of laws and allows their um, users to be able to come onto their site without bringing contraband into the building. Um, and so just all kinds of problems from everywhere. And that really comes up from um, about, you know, after spring break to May is our partnership cafe unit. And our students will be reaching out to those type of nonprofits, local businesses um, to see if there's anything that we can do to help them. And our four main focus areas are a product, a service, a system, or a space. So we can make a product, something like we 3D print a prototype or we laser engrave something for you or make something that actually solves a problem. Um, we develop a system that would consistently allow you to solve those problems as they arise. Um, we provide some kind of service for you that's something that we can do to help you out. Or we redesign a space. So you have like an, an empty courtyard that you want to redesign and we can make a 3D model of it and we can brainstorm ideas for it and we can come up with all kinds of solutions that go along with that. So that's where our students really get to get outside of our building. They get to you know, travel around, do tours, talk to in-person face-to-face meetings or virtual Zoom meetings or professional phone calls. And we really act as an engineering design firm. We refer to people as our clients. Um, we make sure that we're treating our clients with dignity and respect and upholding all of the values that we would want for you know, our firm to be reliable and consistent. And we provide real solutions for people to actually implement and um, actually do. So right now we're actually working with several of the um, Broken Arrow um, schools to collect holiday hope notes for the Ark of Oklahoma, um, which are just kind of booster notes for the holidays. Then the Ark of Oklahoma passes those out to their clientele, um, which is a really great opportunity for us. And it's just something that we, we pick them up along the way. So any community members that are listening or watching and they want to reach out to us and um, see how they could help us or how we can help them, uh, we'd be happy to have those communications. Yeah, That's awesome. In addition to that, like we, we need help not only for projects and, and working with partners, which is critical to our success as a school, but we have unique needs at, at Vanguard. And so like I've, I'm not uh, over uh, jumping into dumpsters and pulling out materials. I've done that quite a few times. You're not above class. it. I'm not above it. Yes, that's the right way to say that. But yeah, we are always looking for materials. Um, we had construction next door. Yeah. Uh, uh, for apartments. And I walked over there with Emily uh, last year and uh, talked to the supervisor and we were like, hey, can we use your leftover lumber? And they're like, yeah. So we did that in a few trips and loaded up some trailers and store lumber. So, and I've talked to another supervisor at construction sites. And so we're always looking for materials that uh, students can use um, where they can fabricate. Like, so we work a lot with wood, uh, cardboard um, was really cool with those 3D printers um, and the laser. Um, we can rapidly prototype, which is a game changer. That's something that I learned a lot with, uh, really, with uh, TU engineering students. Um, really, at the beginning, you know, I was doing several projects with them. We were lucky to have a working prototype by like March, you know, and so they had been working months. But once we start putting it, bringing in this technology of like 3D printing and lasers. Um, we were able to have like 17 different working prototypes by Christmas. And so it rapidly uh, speeds up that process of, of students developing an idea and innovating something new whenever they have access to these materials and these tools that they can bring their ideas to life. And so that's something very different um, where we, we need help getting 
resources so that we can create opportunities for these students so that they can bring these ideas to life and really develop them very quickly into something that's totally new. And then I, I think the, the other way that the community can really help us is we're always in search of uh, professionals in every field to come in and talk, right? Yeah. Um, talk to us about what's going on in electrical engineering. Talk to us about civil engineering. Talk to us about, you know, what the, the road work that's going on in front of our school right now. What does that entail? Because we have students from all walks of life that plan on going in all directions. Um, and it's really great when we can have somebody on our campus that has that experience and that professional, you know, attitude towards that that can talk to them about it. So we've had guest speakers come in from um, OU. We've had guest speakers from 36 Degrees North, which is an entrepreneurship company. We've had guest speakers from um, several Native American organizations that have come in and talked um, at length. And um, so we always encourage anyone who wants to talk to high school students and have their voice heard and have you know some people that can back them up, feel free to come on our campus and, and let us know because we love to have those conversations. Yeah, I know my wife, Ashley Spencer, the, is an English teacher at Vanguard. She actually had uh, JoJo Nichols come and speak to her class today because they're actually working on a play in their, in their English class. I mean, that's just another example of one of the unique experiences that you can get. Uh, before we wrap this up, let's tell me a little bit about, we touched on it a little bit early, um, the enrollment process is, is coming up pretty soon. Uh, parents that are watching at home, a kid that's watching right now, uh, what do they need to do if they're interested? Uh, so Miss Repogle will be coming around uh, mid-January or the end of the this semester, one of the two, and she'll be um, presenting that form, uh, which is a Google form. They'll fill that out. That submits an application to us. Um, we do have a limited amount of students that we can take on our campus. So our, our incoming freshman is 75, 50 in the expo program. And then you'll have your first senior class next year, right? Correct. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and 25, 25 in our broken arrow design lab program. Um, and again, the differences between those two project-based learning is the expo program and human centered design is the bad lab program. Um, because they'll need to select that on the form. They will only get to interview for one or the other, um, and they won't really get a chance to kind of flip-flop in between. So they really should do some research on that um, and decide which of those two programs they really want to be a part of. And they can always reach out to us. We'd be happy to. Most of the time what we'll do is we'll have students reach back out to them and talk to them about what their experiences are and about which programs you know they've been involved in and what they've seen from both programs. Um, so once they fill out that form, that comes to us. We take those and we kind of filter them down to the ones that we want to bring in an interview based off of their responses on that form, based off of their you know feedback from their schools and that sort of stuff. We'll bring them on campus during the school day from their sites, um, and we'll do an interview on campus with our co our coaches, our teachers on campus um, to kind of evaluate them for that passion and that drive and that um, independent spirit. Um, and um, something to kind of emphasize, too, is like we talk a lot about engineering because we do offer an engineering elective in both programs, but you don't have to know that you want to be an engineer to come to our campus. Um, I have a cosmetologist student. I have a, you know, a mechanic student. I've got somebody who's going to do fashion design, right? So you don't have to be an engineer or interested in engineering. Yeah, it's just truly an alternative way of learning. It really is about is the traditional classroom not really the best place for you? Is that not really what you want to pursue? And do you want to make an impact in your community? Do you want to do something that's going to make a difference? And do you want to see that unique approach? That's really what we're looking for. Mr. Perry, you got any final questions or thoughts before we wrap it up? I'm just uh, proud to be associated with great teachers like this. It makes me um, realize the impact that we're having not only on these students, but 
also providing a workforce and the career fields that these students will be able to go into is exciting to think about. And um, I just appreciate what you all do every day um, to help our students. And again, um, doing school in a different way. I think it, it's gonna change us all uh, across the school district, not just Vanguard. Well, thank you, gentlemen. We appreciate you joining us on today's episode of Core Values, the All Things Broken Air Schools podcast. We will see you next time.